0: Welcome to Dominion Sonship Live again. Thank you for joining us and thank you for really your faithfulness to Him. Um, and I'm not even referring to listening to Dominion Sonship or... It's just your faithfulness to God in this hour. Just your faithfulness at large to, to not have departed the Word of God, which is the Word of Truth, which is the Word of His power. To not have departed... Um, your fellowship with Him through prayer, to not have departed from that inclination of your heart to always honor Him at all times. Thank you for your faithfulness to God. We're living in an hour like never before, and um, it is definitely not the hour to survey the landscape, <laughs> to survey the landscape even in Christendom and take note of who's doing what, and uh, it can be quite discouraging. And so that. This is what we've been talking about, that the just shall live by faith. We've been talking about the eyes that see him, that truly are his sight that we now have through the new birth. And that because we have the sight of God, we can see as he sees and be always encouraged. And I speak this as much as to you as to myself. I speak these messages. Really, I believe the Lord gives these messages to me primarily. And then from here, from this uh, framework of trusting God, he can then bring forth an utterance to encourage another. But truly everything that I have shared over the last, well, it's been going on, coming to three years, really, in the most supernatural way. He called me into this. And, um, and here I am three years later. Trusting His lead, trusting His lead, that no matter what we face, no matter the situation at hand, we know one thing. If God be before us, who or what can be against us, right? If God be before us, who can be against us? And so we have a message again today, and it is: love heals. Okay, I believe last Sunday I said I don't come up with these titles. I don't look for cute little messages. I don't look for anything but to see him alone. But I wake up, I heard love heals. Love heals. Love, God is love, heals. And so we we'll talk about healing. We talk about the love of God that brings forth health, marrow to our bones, strength to our inner man and strength to the outer man, strength to the soul, to our mind in this hour, not to quit, not to give up, strength to believe, to not deviate from this persuasion and confidence that we had in the word of God in the very beginning, that he is indeed my healer, that he indeed is my savior, as much as my savior and forgiver, uh, that much my healer as well. My healer. He is my healer. He is my healer. And we can repeat that to ourselves and say he has already healed me because the word says so. The Word says so, and so we're going to look at some verses and and believe God for revelation i I, I know there there's a lot of verses here that a lot of us, depending on the camp we've travelled in Christendom, will be very familiar. But we're talking about new sight. The very sight of God, a persuasion that is deeper today than it was yesterday. The love has indeed healed me. That I do indeed have a living hope. That I do indeed have a future that is grand and bright. That the best days are not where it was, but they are right now, right now, right now. For a time such as now, I speak this out into the atmosphere. Of these places that we abide in, which is truly the word of God. that It will rise inside of us with a greater confidence that if God be for me, my healer, my deliverer, my savior, then who can be against me? What disease, what adversity, what, what assault can be against me? If God, my healer, the lover of my soul is for me. And so this message is really on the heels of all the others coming up to it, of this brand new sight to see the very love of God. The very love of God. In February, we started with a more specific theme that he gave me on the love of God with the message called Be Mine. But really the one that follows after is really my personal favorite, the love of one. Where well, I talked about righteousness in Christ that we have now become, that we have now become the righteousness of God in Christ. And without this revelation of righteousness, that I have been purged from, from a really a, an off-evil conscience through the blood of Christ. That my confidence is the blood of Christ, His very life that he, that he laid down for me, so I be reconciled to my heavenly Father. That message, the love of one, listen to it, should you be led of God to listen? Because without this, this understanding of being made right before God, New creation in Christ through the cross of Christ that He has now brought forth reconciliation. That we're no longer enemies to God in our minds. But now through the Word of God, we can undergo this renewal and know we are one with God. Well, in this revelation, healing is. In this revelation, acceptance with God and in God is. In this revelation... We walk in the fullness of the love of God because we know that he so loved the world, he so loved you and I, that what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? Or is it just a little fairy tale that we just kind of want to jack ourselves up and feel good, a little different from the world? do we believe what he's done for us? Do you and I believe today what he has done for us, that he so loved us that he gave his son for us? Do we truly believe? And yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. No matter the the roar of the ocean, no matter the boisterous winds that we can face at times, we know one thing. We have been anchored and will continue to be anchored by the word of God, the very word of God. And so let's go to, let's go. After the message of the love of one came, trust love, which was last Sunday, trust love. Trust love. Trust love who God is. Trust the word of God, which is the word of love. Because you have now through that, the cross have been reconciled, made just before your holy God. The love of one. The only one that matters in the beginning of the day, at noon hour and at the end of the day, God himself. He loves us. He loves us. And so today's love heals. Keeping in mind who love is, God is love. And that he brings forth a a chastening, that his way is corrective to us. It is the only way. His way is a healing way. His way is truth. Truth heals us. Truth heals us. You see, our lives have been so marred through the world by lies. Accusatory lies. Stuck in a situation without a way out. Lies. God doesn't love me. Lies. Darting arrows, flaming arrows of demonic insinuation thrown at us on a pretty consistent basis. You've missed it. You've missed it. You've gone too far away from God now. Lies. And these lies bring forth infirmities. They bring forth a weakness to our walk in God. They bring forth a torment of mind. That opens the door to all manner of disease, dis-ease, ease His name is Jesus. There is an answer. His name is the word of God. There is an answer. He, the very love of God, expressed towards men. He, the one that was sent forth. Let's go to John 1 and then we'll go to Luke 4. In the beginning, in the beginning and the very end also, the Alpha and the Omega and all within God. God, three in one. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. This is referring to Jesus. He was in the beginning with God, All things, all things, including you and I, all things were made through him and without him, without him, nothing was made that was made. He is your maker. Therefore, he is your healer. Therefore, he is the restorer of your life. Therefore, he knows you by name. He is your maker. Don't run away from him. Don't be shy to spend time with him today. Listen, 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 listen. Verse 4. In him was life, not death, not calamity, not trouble, not suffering. This wrong thought of suffering for Jesus outside of the right teaching of picking up the cross daily. That's the suffering. No longer I and my selfish desires, but the call of God in my life to ruin, reign in my mortal body, to quicken this vessel of mine to the service of the living God. That is healing. That is wholeness. He in him was life, and the life was the light of man. And in his light, there's no darkness. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it, cannot apprehend it. We, we read, I believe it was, was it last week, uh, in John 10, that, that we are now in the palm of his hand, and no folk can snatch us out of the hand of God. We we abide in the light who is God. In God, there's no shadow of turning. He's not going to change his mind on you. He's already sent forth his son as a propitiation, as an atoning sacrifice for the life that we are now to live unto him. I get passionate. I get stirred, maybe because I speak to myself above all. Love heals. And we know, I know, we know that he said his word. God sent forth his word. God sent forth Jesus to earth. In um, Let's go to Psalm if you want to, or you can just reference it in your own time. Go Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Mm, about giving thanks to the Lord. Oh, that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of man. That's what the psalm is about. The beginning of Psalm 107 from 1 till 3, we read, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Are we giving thanks to the Lord? Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Do we know He is good? Healing is good. His love is good to us. For His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy, from the destroyer. From the sickness giver, we have been redeemed. From the torment we have been snatched away from. To now have the mind of Christ. To now think the thoughts of God through the mind of Christ. To be solely led by the spirit of life, the Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth and intercession. The spirit of grace. Whom he is redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. And then he continues, and we come to verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Sickness and disease, every malady found in this world, whether earache or cancer, a headache or toe ache, leads to destruction. It is of destruction. And But he says here, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, that man would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. For this deliverance that we have in his word that has brought forth healing, has brought forth this saving grace. And of course, when we look at that word, to be saved, sozo, all the interpretation of what comes out of the word healing is in it. Wholeness is in it. Salvation is in it. He has saved us from all destruction. He has saved us from the hand of the enemy. He has saved us from torment. He has saved us from Satan. The word says that we've been transferred out. We've been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness. into a brand new kingdom of the love of his son. What does that look like? What does it look like to live life from above? What does it look like to be above every circumstance? What does that look like? That looks like being in dominion. That looks like having a say-so and saying no to destruction in your life. For me to say no to tormenting thoughts. For me to say yes to this great future he has for us. For me to give thanks to the Lord for he is good to me. Verse 22, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And declare his works with rejoicing. With rejoicing, let's go back to the New Testament. He sent his son. Let's go to look now. Well, actually, we were in John, in John one. Let's uh, a couple more verses in John one, since we were there. Let's verse verse six of of course talks about John the Baptist. That there was a man sent from God. God sends men. God dispatches us with assignments. As John the Baptist was dispatched and sent, so are we, dispatched and sent. Into this world to proclaim the truth of the gospel. Bearing this ministry of reconciliation. That love heals, love restores, love saves. Who is God? in the face of the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7, this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, as we too bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. There was the true light. Jesus is the true light. And because we are now in him, we are now because of our, Bold in him have become what? The light of the world, Matthew says. And because we reside in this light, there's no darkness in it. No shadow of turning. He is my healer forever. He is my savior forever. He is my restorer forever. He is my deliverer forever. To be a witness of, the, of that light, that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. Verse 10. He was in the world. This is regarding the true light. He was in the world and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. What? Elsewhere, the word says that they delighted in darkness too much and didn't want to know the light. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. His own did not receive him. But as many, but here we are, as many as received him. But as many as received him, as many as received this true light, as many as received this word that was with God in the beginning, as many as received the word that he said to heal us, to save us from our destruction, as many as received him to them, he gave what? The right. The right. He gave the right. That word is authority. We have been given authority To become children of God. What... We read these verses and it goes over our heads. Time to situate ourselves and me, myself, in the truth of this word. To as many as received him, he gave the authority, the right to become a child of God. You're the most feared one on earth where Satan is concerned. You're the most feared one where darkness is concerned. You are light now. So let your lights shine. We read last week about trusting love. We went to 1 John that perfected love has already been demonstrated to us through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that perfect love, love matured love, matured love flashes out, drives out fear. Fear is darkness. Fear, because as the fear has torment. And we tolerate torment. We tolerate fear like it's our little friend. It's a foe. It is of the kingdom of destruction. But we now in Christ because we have received the true light. We have received the true light. We have received the true light. In him is life. He is your life today. He is your health. He is your future. He is your hope. He is your strength. To us, He gave us the right, the authority to become children of God. Look at this. To those who believe in His name, the name that is above every name, that at the mention of His name, Every knee bows, whether in heaven, on earth, or under earth. To believe the name of Jesus is to be truly made alive. For those that have the Son have life. What does it mean to have eternal life? What does it mean to be infused with the very life of God, to serve Him with His life? What does it mean? Is there sickness? Is there infirmity in it? No, 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 there isn't. No, there isn't. And I understand we go from glory to glory. I understand that there is a level of transformation that we all are attaining to. But let us not stop and become comfortable with the lies of condemnation. That we got to go by the way of sickness and disease the way the world does it. Let us not become so comfortable and, and and refuse him. Refuse him. The word says that he about he went about teaching healing and what is it? Um, teaching, preaching, and healing in Galilee. In in um actually in Luke and no in um in Matthew fourteen. There was a verse in Matthew fourteen. In the 30s. In 34, I'll read it here, uh, but it's Matthew 14, 34. When they had crossed over, they came to land of uh, the land of Gennesaret. That is Jesus crossing, crossing over in the boat. And when the men of that place recognized him, do you recognize him today? Do you recognize him in the word? To recognize the healing word he sent forth your way. When the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding regions. Look what boldness came. They sent out into all that surrounding region and brought to him all who were sick. (laughs) Do we have this audacity today? To go forth and fetch all that are sick and to preach Jesus to them, that they be healed. It's not far out. We're coming to those days. It's not far-fetched. Look at that. They brought to him all who were sick and begged him that what confidence they had in him of the one they heard, the one they recognized as healer. Do you recognize him as healer today? He is healer. But to the degree that you acknowledge him, that's the degree that you walk in faith towards him. And the word of God says where that woman with the issue of blood was, Jesus, that she touched the cloak of of his garment, the hem of his garment. She had to press through the crowd because she heard of him. And no doctor could help her. And she bled and bled and bled and became worse and worse and worse at the hand of the physicians. And she heard of Jesus in the crowd. And started pressing, going beyond and and, and against the grain of society. For the law said that if she was, she had issues of blood, she was not supposed to be in public. But in isolation, unclean but she dared to step out because she recognized the healer and she touched the hem of his garment. What does Jesus say to her? Oh, so good, so good you touched me. No, daughter, thy faith has made you whole. Daughter, thy faith has made you whole. That's why I said to the degree that you recognize him as healer, you are only true healer. I had a moment, I remember a season in my life when my body was assailed with different symptoms many years back. I found myself a few times in the hospital, emergency. I remember one time, I think after the third time, finding myself in that setup. I looked, I looked, I looked, I, I was just in pain, in pain. I just, there's something I'm not getting about God. This thought came to me and I looked, I looked towards heaven. And, and before I could utter, what is it, Lord? I recognized in my own heart, I did not believe him as my healer. Although I could quote a lot of the verses on healing, I did not Recognize him as my healer. And at that moment, my mouth opened up and faith spoke, Jesus, you're my my doctor Jesus. You're my doctor Jesus. And at that very moment, every symptom in my body left. Every symptom in my body left. I walked away from the hospital was neat because I'd been on the floor there in pain for about three hours and when I called on him as my healer they called my name to go in and be checked over only to find nothing amiss with me and I went home and have never since had those symptoms and so what I say and what I share is what I had to walk out to to see him as my healer so here in, in Matthew 14, 36 that they begged him that they might not, that they might only, only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it, as many as touch it, were made perfectly well. And that word perfectly well is wholly healed. Actually, I'll look it up because I looked it up this morning. They were made perfectly, perfectly well. In Mark 6, there's another one actually before I look up, um, In Mark 6, I'll just read it. It's the same, but Mark writes it this way. In Mark 6, 56, wherever he entered, that is Jesus, wherever he entered, he lives in you. He's already entered. You've been given the authority to be a child of God. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces, and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched him were made well. That word well is healed. It comes from the word sozo. They were made well. But Matthew says that they were perfectly made. They were made perfectly well. And so let's look the the Matthew 6.56 reference that they were made well. The Strongs reads, and all who touched him were healed. And all who touched him were healed. And again, that word is to heal, to save, to rescue. He rescued us from destruction. He has already rescued us through the cross. He became a a sin, a curse on that, on that, on that tree. He bore the curse. Sickness, and we go to the Deuteronomy, we go to the Old Testament, sickness always goes in the narrative of the curse. It's not a blessing. And so he took the curse on the trigulation tells us, so that we can be made whole, completely. Spirit, soul, and body. And so that word, we're healed, is delivered Protect, uh, rescued, and in um, Matthew fourteen thirty six, the Strongs read, And all who touched him, that word touch is to fasten to. I lay hold of. How are you fastening to the word? How are you laying hold of the word he sent? How are you, how you trusting his word? All who touched him were healed. And that word is, uh, again, sozo is part of it. But it comes from dia and sozo, two words put together, from dia and sozo, to save thoroughly. That's why, uh, that's why Matthew says, the translation in Matthew is to, perf- to make perfectly well. It is to save thoroughly, to cure, to rescue, etc., so there's an added moment where I think of in, in Hebrews that He's able to save us to the uttermost. His hand is not too short today towards us. His virtue of health and life it lives with the, where, we in us, in us lives in us. Let's go now to Luke. I'm kind of all over the place in my verses, but that's okay. You take note of these verses and you quiet moment, go over these verses. Go over those verses. Let's go to Luke 4. He sent his word and healed us and saved us from all of our destruction. And Luke 4, what is is in Luke 4? What is in Luke 4? Satan tempting Jesus. Right after the baptism of Jesus, chapter 4 starts... In verse 1, then Jesus being filled, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. No matter where you find yourself in, you have to trust the placement of God. And that you come out of it, how? How does he come out of it? In verse 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Because there's no temptation that we can ever face that's not common to man. That he has already given us the way out of it. Why? Because we're his children. Because we've been given the right to be called his children, that now the Holy Spirit resides in us. And we too will come out of every snare in the power of the Spirit. And So then news goes out about him in the surrounding region. And then verse 15, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Verse 16, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up hometown, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. He found the place where it was said of him, where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. The spirit has anointed him. And we just read that he is, that we just read that the spirit led him into the wilderness and he came out of the wilderness in the power of the spirit. The purpose of this anointing is stated right here. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, what is, cap- what, what is wanting to capture and to, to hold you captive. One of the many things is sickness and disease, symptoms, torments. Proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, so we might see him. Sight to see him. The all-seeing God that sees through us. Recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable ear of the Lord. And then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed, were fastened on him. He began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What a boldness to know the purpose of his life. He said, today, this has been fulfilled. Well, that's what Psalm 107 said, that God sent forth his word to heal us. Fulfilled, fulfilled in, um, okay, let's, let's slow down here. And so then, today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him. It bore witness within them. And marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Let's go. Let us bring him down. Okay. Back to carnal mindset. And then, of course, he says to us, I mean, he says to them what we're so familiar with. You know, you surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in, in, in your country. And he said, assuredly I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. You know, I think about that and I take it very personal. Do I accept him as my healer? Because I'm his very land that he has paid for. Or am I rejecting him? Rejecting the truth of the word? Am I becoming a Pharisee? Marveling at the loftiness of the Bible and yet doubting it? Because I heard it before through Pastor So and so and Preacher So and so. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. No word of his is void of power. No word of his is void of power. No word of his is void of power. Never become familiar with the word of God. Don't ever lose the reverence you have towards the Bible. And approach him here and treat it casually. I know you. I tell you, look at verse 25, how convicting that is. I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the day of Elijah. Many in the country which was his. When the heaven was shut up three years and six months and there was a great famine throughout the land, but none of them, none of his own, the ones that he came to his own, but they rejected him. But none of them, he says, was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon. To a woman who was a widow, And many lepers, look at, he's building the case again, 27. Many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them, what say you, none of them? None of them were cleansed, none of them were healed, none of them. And yet they were his own. Yet they had access to the word of power through the prophets. No, heart and hearts. Don't you be as a Christian with a hardened heart. None of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Zarephath the widow of Sidon from Sidon. And Naaman the Syrian. Look rather than receiving conviction and humbling oneself, wow, we might not fully know the word of truth, maybe. (laughs) Truth is being spoken to us. Instead of it convicting their hearts, look what happens. So all those in the synagogue, all those in the local synagogue, in the religious circles, when they heard these things, When they heard the word of healing, when they heard that in in this moment, this day, the scripture of Isaiah is fulfilled in their hearing, think of what he is saying. He's saying, you're seeing Isaiah being fulfilled before your very eyes. The one you quote, think of what Jesus is saying. The word is saying, this word is being fulfilled. I am the fulfillment of Isaiah. I stand before you as healer, as liberator. As an unblinder, a sight to see. I'm standing before you, a sight to see. Look what they respond. When those in a synagogue, the biggest enemy is a religious mindset. All those in a synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, not conviction. Filled not not. I mean, wrath is a pretty heavy duty word. Filled with wrath, and rose up, look, rose up, and thrust him out of the city. They sent healing out the door. They sent liberation. Liberty out the door. They sent out away their Savior. They refused sight to see him. Let conviction be upon our hearts today. Let conviction be upon our hearts today. Where have we not recognized him and in what manner? Today he spoke love heals. He wants to be recognized as the healer of your body. They rose and rose up. They got up. They put effort on it. They were sitting down listening and marveling just a moment earlier. But the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth, they marveled at the message of truth, and yet when it came to receiving it, they rejected it. Don't tell me we can't do that today. Yes, we have done it many a times. Because these have just become little stories, and we treat them really like little stories, little fables, and never have sat in them and judged our own hearts, or have really allowed, better said, allowed the word to judge our hearts not for condemnation, but for liberty. So we can, so we can receive healing to a broken heart. So we can receive liberty from all captivity of mindsets that are wrong. So we can receive sight where there's been blindness towards the word of God. And liberty where the oppressor has wanted to oppress us. Open up your heart again. Open up a heart like a little child trusting your heavenly father. He is for you. He is in you. Love himself has justified you through the cross of Christ. Healing now lives in you. Healer lives in you. So they threw him out of the city, and they led him to the brow of the hill on which the city was built. They want to kill him now. They want to kill him. You can't. You can't kill the word of God. You can't reject the word of God, but the word of God lives and abides forever. And it's our moment of decision, really, Whether we'll go with the word or we'll push the word out. And so today my prayer for you and I is that we will embrace and situate ourselves deeper in the word of truth. So they wanted to throw him down over the cliff. (laughs) Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. Because he is the way. And he'll always go his way, the way of the Father. The way of life. He'll always go his way. The question is, are we going his way? Have we picked up the cross of Christ? And are we following his way? And in his way is only life and only truth. There's only life and there's only truth. In Romans 8. I'm going to read all my little verses here. So (laughs) Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the flesh. Can I say rejecting the word of God? Because later on he'll tell us the carnal man is an enemy to God. So if you are in the flesh, you're in your carnal mind and you're an enemy to God in your mind. But to those who walk in the Spirit, there is no condemnation. Verse 2, for the law of the Spirit, listen to this, listen to this, our ears be opened up. For the law of the Spirit of life, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, who is the Word of God. In the Word, in the very life of God. In this Word, there is a law that's working. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me what? Free, free, free from the law of sin and death of sin and death, and sickness and disease is in it. I now, in the Spirit, in Christ, in the very body of Christ, can sickness live in the body of Jesus? Absolutely not. Well, we are now where? We read in Ephesians, only now one body. In Him, in His body, works the Spirit of life. Mm. for us to get it, for me to get it, for me to open up my heart and to believe this truth. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do and it was weak through the flesh. The commandments of man, the commandments of God, the law is referring to directly here but flesh cannot fulfill. But God did by sending His own Son, by sending His own Son. In the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, He condemned sin in the flesh because the wages of sin is what? Death. Therefore, death is abolished in Christ. He condemns sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, in us, in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. This is not too deep for us to get. We've been reading on the love of God. Go back to this message I I refer to, the love of one, on justification so that the righteous requirement of the law what might be fulfilled in us, in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is what? Death. Though you might be born again, but to be carnally minded, it's taking you down the wrong way. Don't excuse when you're in the wrong way. Don't be filled with wrath when conviction comes through the word of God. And try to hurl over the word of God over the cliff of your life. I don't want anything to do with you, Jesus. No, no. Bow the knee. Bow the knee. And come back to these verses. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And then we can go to verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus... Listen to these words. But if the Spirit of Him... Isn't that what Paul prayed for the Ephesians? They would know the power of His might that's working towards us who believe, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, where is he in us? But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, dwells in you as a born again child of God, that there in John 1, where we said that to us, he has given the authority, the right to be children of God. He says that now we're no longer children of, of natural intentionality, the will of my natural mother and father, but the very will of God. Children of the Spirit, John. Okay, I just have to read that. I have to read that. I have to read that. You stay in Romans 8, but i got to read John 1. Because it's coming so, so, so strong. You're not just mere flesh and blood, is what I'm trying to say. But as many as received him, this is John 1, 12, To them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were... Who were born, born, born again, right? Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You and I are born of God. The very word that we are born of is the word that has brought forth health and healing to us. It is now working in us. By the power of the Spirit. If, back to Romans eight eleven. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, dwells in you, dwells in you. He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give a life to your mortal body. Where does your mortal body live? Not in heaven, it lives on earth. Your mortal body lives on earth. And here He's saying that by the Spirit we are being quickened. Verse four, uh, sorry, end of eleven. We're being uh, that he's giving life to mortal bodies through his spirit, who dwells in you, who dwells in you. In um, Isaiah fifty three, we gotta read Isaiah fifty three, and then we're gonna go to Matthew, and then I think First Peter, and then I'll, I'll wrap it up. But just giving you a heads up, how many verses we are before close? And he said. Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing today. And there's actually, I think, three instances where he says that other in, in, um, the word says in Matthew that this day, um, we can look at those as well, but in Isaiah 53. Let's look at Isaiah 53. Word fulfilled. Word fulfilled. Word became flesh. Verse 4. Surely he has bore our griefs. That word literally is sickness. If you look at your concordance, I'm reading from New King James. But that Hebrew word, he bore our griefs. Literally that word is sickness. Surely he said, do you know this? That surely he has bore our griefs, literally sicknesses, and carried our sorrow. And there's a cross-reference to the word sorrow. You look it up in my New King James. Again, it says sicknesses. Yet we seem to stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. We just see him on the cross like he's just hanging there. But there was a work that was done on our behalf. Forgiveness of sin. Bearing of all sickness and disease where the physical, and I believe the second one means also emotional, pains. A reconciliation with a holy God. Through the cross of Christ, the word says that the Jew and the Gentile became one, one body. So, don't just look at the cross and cry, A boohoo, My dear, the cross is our life, unto eternal salvation. We look at him as as uh, just stricken, smitten, and afflicted, but he actually bore our griefs, our sicknesses, and he carried our sorrows. the um I think the new American. it's more literal. The New American Standard Bible reads it, however, it was our sicknesses that he himself, he himself bore and our pains that he carried, yet we ourselves assumed, yet we ourselves assumed that he had been afflicted, struck down by God, and humiliated. But there was a lot more going on. There was a lot more going on. The, um, Let's look at the strong concordance of those words. Surely he took on our infirmities. This word is sickness. It's the Hebrews 2, 4, 8, 3 and carried our sorrows. This word is actually, I like macabre 4, 3, 4, 1, and it's pain. He bore our pain. He bore our pain. Sorrows that is pain, sorrow, pain physical, and pain mental. Every anguish, every anguish, he bore on that tree. He bore on the cross. Unless we misunderstand, thinking, oh, I don't think that's what it means. Matthew requotes it. In Matthew 7, we have a requote of that verse of, of uh, Isaiah 53, 4. To some, a lot of these verses are familiar but it's not about being familiar and marveling at how gracious he speaks to us. But it's receiving, 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 receiving. Matthew 7, 16. When evening had come, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, And he cast out spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. And healed all who were sick. Verse 17. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He himself bore our infirmities. Took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, in First um, Peter two. Let's twenty one. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but committed himself to him who judges righteously, committed himself to God. How about we walk in the steps of Jesus because actually he already he lives in us through a new birth and yield to his life within us. And when we're threatened <laughs> not to retaliate, but to commit ourselves to God who judges righteously, who Himself, this is at verse twenty-four. Who Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree. It all happened on the cross. That we, that we, having died to sins, because that, that the law of that spirit of sin and death is no longer functioning in us, we who have died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes, by whose wounds of Jesus, the wounds of Jesus, by whose stripes you were healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. There we go. There we go. Uh, We finish with Colossians, the last one, because it just seems fitting to me. We are in a brand new kingdom, Colossians 1, 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. We've been qualified for this life divine. We've been qualified to be partakers of his wounds that have healed us. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light, in the light. In the Spirit. He has delivered us. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And conveyed us or transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. In whom we have redemption through His blood and forgiveness of sin. Flip over to 21. And you who were. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now, yet now in him, yet now through him, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you how? Not busted to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away. That's why I started, thank you for your faithfulness to God. Do not be moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard. Stay planted in this word of truth and allow his life to flush out every symptom, whether doubt, and belief, or sickness and disease, or torment in your mind. Because you are all his spirit, soul, and body. Glory be to God. We are done, 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 done. Amen. Amen. Amen.